0: Just how good could Jake Ferguson be for the Dallas Cowboys? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast.
1: You are Locked On Cowboys,
0: your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked. Locked. Locked On. Locked
1: On Cowboys. Locked On Cowboys.
0: Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That is $150 in bonus bets. If your bet wins, just visit Fanduel.com slash Lockdown. get started, I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. On today's show, we are breaking down the tight end room for the Dallas Cowboys from the 2023 season and looking forward. We're going to talk about, is Luke Schoonmaker already a bust? Do they need a different type of tight end in that room? But let's start with Jake Ferguson because... Mm -hmm. Landon, you and I were very optimistic that Ferguson would make that year two leap, and he did. My question for you is, what's the ceiling here?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And honestly, I would say that I was optimistic about him making a leap, but I don't know that I even anticipated what he did. You know, like, I think he he definitely exceeded what I expected. Uh, and, you know, to answer the question, what what is, is his ceiling, I, I think... What you're angling towards is a Travis Kelsey type kind of player. I think that's the the lane, you know, that he's in. Not that he is that player by any stretch of the imagination yet. But I think that that's the kind of player that you're looking for, a guy that can get the ball in his hands and run through defenses, uh, uh, who can create with the the ball in his hands. Uh, You know, I'm hoping that, you know, it seems like Fergie is a little bit of a more committed blocker, you know, in, in this system. Um, and I think that that's probably just because they don't use Kelsey like that can, very much. Can I give you a different comp, just really quickly? Sure, please. Like at, yeah. a, at the track
0: because he's not this player, but I think he's more on the Mark Andrews track. Okay, of tight end, all right. Where sure. better blocker than Kelsey? I don't know if he's, I don't think he's quite as dynamic as a route runner, but a very functional and a very good
1: pass catching tight end. I like that comparison. Yeah, that, that's a good one. And I, I do think that that's where you know. The, I mean, it's not quizzes that we mentioned two of the better tight ends in football is kind of where he's on his track. And I think he's on his way there. I mean, I think he's shown you uh, the improvement that he made in just the last year uh, that he's that he's on track to kind of really become one of the better tight ends in football. And I do think that, you know, the the, the key element, the element that really makes him special and unique is is his ability to move with the football in his hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't see a ton of tight ends that have uh, a level of dynamism with the ball in their hands. Like, like he does running through guys, running around guys, jumping over guys. Uh, I, I think, you know, where he needs to improve is I think it would be great to kind of get a little bit more consistency in his target conversion, right? Like and just kind of uh, it's not that he's dropping the football, but it's that there are times when uh, you just felt like if, if, if there was a little bit more concentration, he could get into a better position to catch the football. If he just was uh, a little stronger sometimes. Yeah. 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 I I think, and again, I think it's just, it's just experience at this point. Right. So I I do think he's going to, he can get even a little bit better and and kind of, you know, improve that five to 7% of targets that, like I said, they're not drops because he, he didn't, you know. Yeah, they're like forced up. incompletions is what I like to call them. Right? Yeah, exactly. So once that he could get back, that he could actually convert uh, maybe next year with a little bit more room in the weight room, a little bit more, you know, practice uh, with some more contested catch stuff. So but obviously a, a fantastic player who is on the rise. And frankly, like I mentioned, on the rise in such a way that I, it was even beat my expectations for where I thought he would be this year. Yeah,
0: I just want to give you some some numbers, courtesy of our friends at Pro Football Focus. So, uh, over the last two years, in terms of raw receiving grade, third in the NFL. That's not bad. That's that's pretty good. Ninety second percentile. Uh, even you look at like where he does really well, it's like crushes it in zone coverage. He's above average as a as a receiver against single coverage. He's also land just elite after the catch seventh yeah. in the nfl over the last two years and yards after the catch perception like those are all things he does really well if we're talking about like how can he improve to kind of take his game from what do you want to call him like a borderline pro bowl tight end right now is that fine
1: yeah i think so i mean honestly i think it, things work the other way he would have been a pro bowl a yeah. pro bowl you know to tight end so absolutely i think that's fair
0: yeah to get to that next level there's a couple things that he could really work on number one i think he could just be a better blocker and i think you and i talk about this all the time it really takes these guys a long time to become a yeah. good blocker in the nfl because a lot of it is just knowing where to be and knowing when to let go of a block so you don't get a holding um i i would say he's a i don't know if he's an average but a
1: functional blocker is that fair I think he's average. You know, okay. I, I think he's, yeah, I think it's fair to call him average. Look, these guys don't, blo- <laughs> tight ends don't really block in the yeah. NFL very much anymore. So, yeah, I think it's fair to call him out.
0: Yeah, so if he can just become a good blocker, that alone is just going to take him into that next tier of tight ends where you're like one of the all-around, do. because there's how many of those guys do we have in the Not NFL much. that are above-average receivers and above-average blockers? Not too
1: Two? many, and they're Two? pretty rare. It, yeah, and even the top-end elite guys don't need to be, you know, great no. good blockers anymore. So. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the other thing that I, I'm not
0: sure how much he can get better at, but I just don't see him as, like, a great separator because he's just not that type of athlete. Like, he's a yeah. four eight guy. That doesn't mean he doesn't get open, but, like, if you're putting him man-to-man against a Derwin James, I don't know if he's
1: going to create three yards of separation on every other. It's just kind of not his game. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know – the separation aspect of his game comes from being savvy at the top of his routes, which I I just don't know that he's there yet. Like he's not, you know, think about where Jason Witten was at the end of his career. Like, you know, he, it took him 15 minutes to get 10 yards up the field, but once he got up the top of the field and it was time to make his break, even at 37 years old, he could find a way to get open against, you know, younger athletes because of his savvy, you know, his, his, his route running savvy. So, I do think that there is improvement that can be made there, but I do think you're right that that there is an athletic limitation to a certain degree uh, with Fergus. He's not, you know, the 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 kind of guys that that that, that you like. He's not Dalton Cave. Like, yeah, who, he's not Dalton Cave or or any of these guys that are blowing yeah. up the combine, right? Like, but he has more than functional athleticism. He's a good athlete with the ball in his hands, uh, and I do think that yeah, with some improvement in his route running technique. Uh, He can he can probably get some more a uh, uh, separation, but but you're right in the sense that it's not going to be a case where, you know, he's uh, Kyle Pitts, you know, and no. he's like, you know, he's no, no. beating people with his explosiveness uh, in his routes. So that's just not the kind of game he
0: has. No, but why couldn't he be with a little bit more seasoning? Why couldn't he be um, TJ Hawkinson?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: which is a great player. I mean, T.J. Hawkinson's been awesome for the Vikings over the last two years. If if Jake Ferguson turned into T.J. Hawkinson, that's a that's a heck of a fourth round pick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and again, like the fact that you could get a borderline right as of right now, borderline Pro Bowl uh, tight end. Uh, in the fourth round. I mean, that's yep. that's fantastic, you know. And that's that's you know that's good. And frankly, you know, to be honest, that's where most of these teams are getting their elite tight ends, right? It's oh, kind of in these middle rounds and then developing these folks. It's so, uh, yeah, Kittle and 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 Kelsey and all those guys. You know, so uh, it makes some sense that you know he he, he could follow a very similar kind of career path. Yeah.
0: So you and I are very bullish, but are we bullish about second-year tight end Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan? We will discuss his rookie year next. This next segment is brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. Listen, sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off of our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who is unbiased in your life. So today I want to tell you how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking the same thing this week. This is a really weird week in terms of sports. There's no football. Mm-hmm. There's no basketball because they have got this all-star break. We still have no baseball. Listen, NFL, this is where you need to have the combine. Have the combine this week. Give mm-hmm. us a full week of the combine. And then we can do free agencies. That way the NFL can dominate every single month. There. Now I feel a little bit better that I got that off my chest. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have much bigger problems than not having sports on TV or our favorite sports team losing. And it's important to get those things off of our chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Just visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We wanted to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channel channels app all right Lena. let's talk about luke schoonmaker because up and down rookie season from him uh how do you feel about him going into
1: year two you know i'm excited to see where he where, where he develops i mean I, I know that everyone seemingly is very down on on schoonmaker and i i think i've seen enough from him in the regular season to like think There's something there. It's just that a consistency issue, to say the least, and to be to be completely fair to Luke, like he spent most of the training camp dealing with a foot injury. You know that that really kept him out for a good portion of the of the training camp and really didn't let him get his you know feet wet. We were complaining about it at the time that it felt like it was going to really hinder his ability to be part of the offense. I mean. I definitely remember a point when we questioned whether he would actually get a chance to play, like because because of 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 the injury and the setbacks and everything. And would he even be able to like get in over Hendershot and some of these some of the situations or QN? And 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 lo and behold, he actually did get into the game. He he was functional as a blocker. I strongly disagree with PFS grading on, on on some of his uh, run blocking, pass blocking stuff, because I thought he was very good, especially for a rookie tight end. Uh, and then some of the receiving stuff, it's like, you know, look, here's what we remember. We remember him catching the ball on the one-inch line and not quite making it into the mm. end zone, right? We remember uh, uh, a drop that, that was in the end zone on a tough catch, a contested catch above his head uh, that would have been a huge touchdown. I think that if you if you give him a regular uh training camp, if you give him a regular uh, uh start of the season, I think he ha- he has the ability to kind of get into the game more to help you forget about some of the early kind of rookie knucklehead stuff right and, and I, that's why I think next year if he gets a full if he comes in with a full bill of health gets a full training camp, I just I think he is a, a guy that is has some value on this team. I think you know as a blocker, as a big-bodied uh, receiver in the red zone. I just think that he provides something that Ferguson kind of, uh, kind of you know can can do. But but he he's just so much of a bigger body uh, and a box-out guy that he really could be a red-zone weapon, a, a short yardage you know conversion guy. I just feel like there is a possibility we come in and see a completely different type of yep. player next offseason uh and 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 a kind of guy that you're actually, you know, excited about playing more 12 personnel with uh because you you like the matchup that he's going to provide in the receiving game and then you like the way that he blocks in the run game. So, let's talk about the receiving and the
0: blocking part. I want to start with the blocking part because I'm going to mention this again tight ends really struggle as blockers early on in yeah. their career. It, yeah. And that was one of the, the things coming out of Michigan is you thought he would be a good blocker in time because he's got the strength and they teach the technique. Well, I think you saw that play out as the year went on. Uh, Lynn, if you yeah. look at the final eight games of the season, okay. And tight ends that played at least 150 snaps over the final eight games, he finished fourth in run block grade behind Mercedes Lewis, which is basically a glorified offensive lineman, tackle. Jack Stroll yeah. and Noah Gray. I mean, he was a ahead of George Kittle, ahead of all, some of these really good blockers. Like, you saw it down the stretch. He became a much more functional and, and a consistent blocker. So that part, I feel pretty good in year two that he's going to become a valuable an asset as a blocker, right? Now the question is, how much can he add in the receiving game? And like Ferguson, I just... I always expect these tight ends in year two just to make a leap, just because they're used to the physicality of the NFL, they're used to the speed. We'll see if he'll, he'll he can take the kind of leap that Ferguson did.
1: I I kind of doubt it, but you don't need him to because you no. have Jake Ferguson. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, there's some other guys too that we'll talk about here in a second that are in this tight end room that I that that you know we can be excited about as well. But I also agree that I think Fergie's going to make a jump this year. He's going to get a full off season. He's gonna get stronger, he's gonna get faster, he's gonna uh, he understands now, you know, kind of what the expectation is, what the standard is in the NFL. He got more than enough playing time to get exposed to that, to kind of take the you know, we talk about this all the time. Guys get the experience, the exposure to the NFL speed, they get enough reps early in their career that when it's time to go into the offseason, guys like Jake Ferguson go okay, that's what it takes to be yep. an NFL tight end. So now I know what I need to do with my body to get it ready for the season. You go in, you see Fergie come out like a monster, and he's ready to play. And Scooney, you think, you hope, is the same situation. He got a lot of exposure, a lot of time in the trenches to kind of mix it up with defensive ends and, and, and linebackers and tackles. And then he got plenty of opportunities to go out in, into route and see, hey, these safeties move differently than they did at Ohio State. You know, like it's yes. – uh, you know, th- th- This is not Big Ten – safety play anymore these guys are, are are super athletic so he he just has to kind of find his way to use his skill set uh uh to to kind of convert some of these passes and and honestly i think part of it too is about the cowboys offensive brain scheme rain trust figuring out the best way to use schooning right sure. i mean i think you you saw him take almost 40 pass block snaps last yeah. i mean that that's like i mean they're using him in a lot of different ways to kind of help smooth out other areas the one area where you felt like they didn't quite get a a hold of it or or scoony wasn't quite ready yet was in the one the one area that i think most people pay attention to tight ends and that's Yeah, right like exactly so i think as far as doing dirty work lining up getting a blocking getting a hat on hat getting in the way as a pass receiver helping a double team with an offensive tackle those are all very difficult And, and frankly this is all reminding me a little bit of Dalton Schultz because a this is bit, kind yeah. of what happened with the Cowboys. Then they, they they drafted this guy who did all the hard things in college, but didn't do the, the thing that most of these tight ends do well, which is receiving. So wasn't it? Wasn't like it, it Schultz had like 500 career guards at Stanford or something yeah, like that? Yeah. But 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 if you go back and and like I at the time was was raving because I you go and you watch his tape and you're like, look. He's 20 pounds underweight, but look what he's doing. Look at his technique. He knows what he's doing. He understands leverage. He understands how to get his hat and move people. We don't need to talk anymore about Dalton Schultz who plays for Houston now, but the point is is you saw similar stuff with with Schoonmaker on tape this year as a rookie where – Hey, he did that right. Like he's he's where he's supposed to be, his body position's right. And he got positive results, you know, blocking a defensive end one-on-one in, in, a, in a pass rep or, you sure. know, or or burying a linebacker with the help of of, of Terrence Steele uh, in a run game. So I just think that there is plenty of opportunity for Schoonmaker to get lots of reps next year, especially as a valuable blocker in the run game where the area, obviously he needs to improve. And, and, and I, I think he will improve uh, is pass catching, getting into his routes, running them with precision uh, and then finishing. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, um, I don't know if Schoonmaker
0: is going to return second round value. It, it's awfully hard to do that if you're not being a focal point as a pass catcher, but I do expect him to be a significantly better and more important player in year two, just to give everybody a, a quick reminder he went to the Shrine game, got banged up in the Shrine game, couldn't finish practice. That's right. Got Then he was training for the Combine, posted really good numbers at the Combine, and then he had this foot injury that kind of knocked him out for the entire offseason. So from basically March until mid-August, he wasn't yeah. really allowed to do much. Uh, and then he starts the season off slow. They, they kind of use him a little bit. And then as the year goes on, he improves as a blocker. You mentioned like, hey – now he's going to know how to do all these certain things. It's also going to help that he's healthy for the first time in the offseason in three years. Now that's obviously a long-term concern, like can your tight end stay healthy? But I
1: think him just being healthy for an offseason is a big, big deal. Yeah, and I mean, you you brought it up even better. Like I I had forgotten that it was in the Shrine game, so that means he missed most of the on-field work in OTAs as well, right? So. That's hard. On a rookie tight end, that's incredibly difficult. So the fact that he was able to do anything in his rookie year, look, I I just think that I'm not suggesting that he's going to be an all pro tight end or that he's even going to be useful necessarily. I don't know that. But what I'm saying is that we super, super need to tap the brakes on this bus talk. Like that's really, really unfair to a guy that plays a position that usually takes multiple years anyways. And on top of that, didn't get any offseason this year to kind of develop or learn the system and still was able to kind of get onto the field and be somewhat of a useful player by the end of the season. All right, and I want to talk about the just tight end room as a whole Do the Cowboys
0: need to consider bringing in a different type of tight end. We will discuss that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That is $150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all of your NBA, your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. I love betting on the futures market. I love betting on who's going to be in the play-in game, whether my Lakers are going to actually make the playoffs this year. We'll see. Go check out all of the lines. Right now on FanDuel, all you have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash on and shoot your shot with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Welcome back to the On Cowboys podcast. Every day is on tomorrow's show. We're going to be discussing the Cowboys offensive line, how they performed in 2022, or excuse me, 2023, and then looking ahead to 2024, so be on the lookout for that. But let's finish up here with the tight end room. Yeah, uh, We've got Sean McEwen, who played quite a few snaps. Peyton Hendershot, who actually did come back later in the year. Yeah. And then there's John Stevens, who got hurt in the final preseason game. Rather than talking about all those guys individually, do you think the Cowboys need to consider bringing in a different type of tight end to pair with Schoonmaker and
1: Jake Ferguson? I don't know that they need to uh, it, you know, it certainly would add a, another element that would be useful if they had kind of more of a true move tied in, but, but honestly, I, I wonder if they don't plan on kind of using uh Lipke in that way a little mm. bit. Right. So um, I don't know. I, I, I think really, you know, the, the main storyline here outs, then, then, then kind of whether or not they'll bring in somebody on the outside is, is, you know what what's gonna happen in this kind of John Stevens Jr. versus Peyton Hindershot battle that we're likely to see coming into training camp this next year. Uh, I, I think for for the Cowboys, they will probably look around to see what's there, but at the same time, I think that there's something to the idea that you could potentially have your tight end room for the next i don't know three or four three years two years like at least right uh uh where with where these contracts are all locked in yeah well ferguson's got, got two years left scooney's got, got two three yeah. years left right and, yeah and, and Henderson's two, two yep. got two so you've got at least two years two more years where you could lock in these guys in one of the cheapest tied in rooms you could probably have and on top of that with some talent so uh i don't imagine that they will uh try to like break that up with free agency maybe no. if there's a tight end that that is that they see you know at some point in the draft maybe like a, a developmental guy I could see them taking a little bit later but anyone that would be like an immediate impact guy that they would get they'd have to draft him high and I don't honestly draft I haven't him. looked at tight ends no in, in, so, so far but there aren't very many from what no. I understand I mean I think that the, the, the obviously Bowers is is not going to be where the Cowboys are drafting. There's a kid from Texas who I I've heard is good. But, I, mean, Sanders, yep. I don't know that like he's like so different that you feel like you need to tra- to draft him and not you know go with Ferguson. You know, so I, I do think that they're they could use a, a different kind of smaller move type, but I, I again, I wouldn't be shocked if they just make our guy looky that guy and, and use him that way.
0: Yeah, I, I saw a chart and I apologize. I do not remember who posted it, but they said the average Height and weight of tight ends over the last 10 years drafted inside the top 100 has just completely gone down. Like mm-hmm. it used to be like in the top 50, you wanted the six foot six, 255 to 260 pound tight end, right? right. Now the model is like the Trey McBride, Sam Laporta, Sam Laporta yeah. where it's like, hey, you're six three and a half, 237, great, as long as you can move and get open. We love that, yeah. I don't think the Cowboys need to draft that guy in the top hundred or top hundred and fifty, but I wouldn't be opposed to them spending a sixth, seventh round pick or a lot of their you, you know UDFA money on a, hey this guy runs a four four three at two hundred and thirty three pounds. Let's put him on the practice squad and two years we'll see if he develops into something. Because if you can find that type of tight end, they are pretty rare and they're really fun to use in your offense.
1: Yeah, like maybe a smaller version of John Stevens, right? Like a guy sure. that you yes. can get off the street. that, that Somebody maybe can get in and out of their breaks really quickly. Went to a small school or something. And yeah. It just wasn't much of a blocker. What do we do with this guy? You know, he slips yeah. all the way to the fifth or sixth round. I could see that for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think that it, that getting that kind of body type is, I think, I think is good. I, I think yeah. you you can use those kind of body types in a lot of different ways, and which is why I've always advocated for a fullback is because whether it's a fullback or an H back or whatever you want to call that kind of hybrid position between running back and, and tight end, uh, those kind of guys are great on like special teams. They're great as blockers. They're great in the run game. They're great in the pass game. So I, I agree that getting more of those bodies is, is useful for sure. I do think that it's fascinating to me that the Cowboys, though, consistently continue to kind of get the same type of tight end. Though, you know, they it's very like, much have a type. They definitely have a type, and they follow it very heavily. So, uh, I do, and I, I do kind of want to just briefly touch back in on 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 John Stevens because I I think that he's going to come in after this ACL injury, and he's going to be even more Peyton Hendershot than Peyton Hendershot, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like he's that type of like tight end, almost in name only uh above the rim uh kind of jump ball type of big play player. I, I think, you know, it's it's interesting that he kind of showed up in training camp and, and we've all, we're expecting a huge breakout from Peyton Hendershot last year. And really it felt like John Stevens took all his thunder, you know, yeah. and, and was, yeah. was basically doing all the things that we were expecting Peyton to do. So I do think, and part of that was that Peyton was injured. So I do wonder like how that kind of training camp battle is going to play out and 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 what sort of extra element either one of those two could provide for the Cowboys uh okay. next season in their passing attack specifically because I think one of the things we talked about with wide receivers is how do we kind of, you know, add more uh to this offense, add more options. I think having a big body uh touchdown catcher who could, you know, You could run over routes or stop routes from ten or fifteen yards out, and he can just, you know, jump ball the 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 touchdown. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that that the Cowboys don't really have right now, Uh, and I think that's something that would be uh, really nice to add to this offense that has at times struggled to get into the red zone from you know outside of the the short red zone. How dare you not mention Princeton Fant as an? Uh, well,
0: did make. I don't have a ton of time, Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, Uh, you're right. I you look at the tight end room like. Ferguson's a four eight guy, but a good tight end. Scootmaker's six six and can run a four five, but not really like the super dynamic in short spaces. Um, they really need that guy that can win quickly and after the catch. Like the guy it sounds really weird, but like you throw a bubble screen too, and he can take it eight yards. they' there. We've seen more of those guys enter the league the last couple of years with. Trey McBride or like Isaiah likely who the Ravens have. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: like the
0: Cowboys that. need one of those type of guys, but a day three version, like not a top sure. 100 pick, not a, not a guy that's going to be a big time player in your offense, but somebody that gives you just something a little bit different from the top tight two tight ends on your roster. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making locked on Cowboys your first listen every single day. Again, every day is on tomorrow's show. We're going to be discussing the offensive line. Make sure you tune in for that. Go download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.